John chapter 1, and we will be in the book of John quite extensively today. Hopefully you brought your Bibles to follow along. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, meaning Jesus, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, meaning Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of that light, Jesus, that all men, through Jesus, might believe. You see that word all? That's God's will. That all men, that all men, that all men through Jesus might believe. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But I love this verse. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let's take a look at Calvinism, part two. I do not have time to tell jokes or set this thing up, you're just going to have to follow on right out of the gate, bang, because it's not going to be fair for anybody that picks up a CD for me to start where I left off the last time that we was preaching on this subject, or it would not be fair for someone uh, listening, uh, say, on the Vine radio broadcast, or that would be watching on the internet. So we will start from the beginning. We will hurriedly go through the first two points that we made and then, uh, and then get on with the rest of this. So let's take a look at Calvinism, part two. John Calvin said, direct quote, not all men are created with similar destinies, but eternal life is foreordained for some and eternal damnation for others. And every man, therefore, is created for one or the other. He is predestined either for life or death. I refute that. A couple of years ago, a church was started in Fairfield, Illinois. It came out in the Wayne County Press, and the pastor of that church was saying, we don't need a big band, and we don't need a lot of fancy things, and we don't need a big church, and we don't need a big parking lot. Uh, we're here. We're here for the elect. That was his comment. Let me have the tulip, if we still have that from last week. Tulip, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Let's begin with total depravity. I believe in the depravity of man. I do not believe in the total depravity of man. John chapter 5, listen to the words of Jesus, and you will not come to me that you might have life. 
Jesus didn't say, you cannot come to me. He said, you will not come to me. In John chapter 6, no man can come to the Father except the Father. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I would, I would concur with that and add quickly to John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. I believe that the cross of Jesus Christ is like the Holy Spirit uses that like a magnet to draw people to Jesus Christ. He did the work. He did the work. He put himself out there. He did not withhold anything back. He gave it all that whosoever could believe. Unconditional election. Calvinists teach that God has already decided who is going to heaven and who is going to hell. I want you to turn in your Bibles in the book of John chapter 15. John 15, 16 is what they usually start with and they want to talk about. And it goes like this. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Stop. And that's what they talk about. And yet, I tell you that this scriptures in John chapter 15 has zero to do with a person's salvation. Jesus in John chapter 15 is not dealing with a person's salvation. And we're going to go through this hurriedly, but nevertheless, we're going to go through this. In John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father's the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. What's Jesus talking about here? Fruit. Not salvation. He's talking about fruit. In uh, John 15, 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear forth fruit of itself, except abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. Jesus is talking about fruit or salvation. Fruit. It's very plain. In verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What's Jesus talking about? Fruit. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. What's he talking about? Fruit. Verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. What is Jesus talking about? Fruit. In this chapter, he's talking about fruit and not about salvation. Clear as the nose on your face. And to some people, that's more clear than others. Let's go to the third one. Let's go to the T-U-L in Tula. Limited atonement. That when Jesus died on the cross, he did not die for every person. There are people that teach this. 
This stuff here, this is Calvinism, man. This is what, it's what a lot of people are teaching. And you better know that the people that's teaching it, if you look at their family portrait, him and his wife and all their kids, they're all the elect. Funny how that works. But in limited atonement, which I reject, in Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep, everybody say all, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Say all. All means all, and that's all that it means. All. John 3, 16, we all know this. I do not know what a Calvinist does with this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, not a pick and choose deal, that whosoever is what the scripture said, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 12, 46, I am come as a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Thank God. Anybody, that drunkard can believe on Jesus and be, sa and be found saved right then and there. Thank God for that. And I know a lot of times this is taught to the intellectually astute and the people that they just want to go a little bit deeper than the others. And I've been criticized and maligned about this, but friend, I've got wide shoulders and I can take whatever they call. They call me anything they want to call me. Just don't call me late for lunch or dinner. but I'm more on the vegetables and fruit end of that now, but nevertheless, still don't call me late for lunch or dinner. People, they look at me and they say, well, you know, you haven't lost any weight. <laughs> I, I had a guy visited us the other night, he showed up at the house I hadn't seen in years. And he just stares, stares at me, going to open the door. I, I, I I expected you laying in bed. And... Well, you're fat. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse 32. But he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, but delivered him up for a select few, not on your life, but delivered him up for 144,000, no way, but delivered him up only for the smart people, no how, but delivered him up only for those that were good looking, no, 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 delivered him up for us all. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, who will have, this is God's will, who will have all men to be saved. That's God's will. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 4, verse 10, we trust in the living God who is Savior of 
How many men? All men, especially, especially, especially of those that believe. Jesus died for every person. And thank God when you believe and grab a hold of that. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. That Jesus, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for everyone, for anyone. John 7, 17. Jesus said, if anyone will do God's will, he will know the doctrine whereof I speak. If anyone. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. I mean, I really like this one. You know, because we can, we can be on the inside of this thing and happy, clappy, and enjoying the services, and thank God we do. And, and, and I, I, I love every Sunday morning getting together and, and being here and worshiping together. But listen, listen to this verse. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Jesus just didn't die for my sin. Jesus just didn't die for your sin. But for the sin of the whole world, not for our sins only. Not for our sins only. Not for our sins only. Red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in his sight. It don't matter where you are around the world. It is not just for us. It's not just for a select few. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Thank God. That's the heart of God. For everybody. 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 And now back to Tulip. T-U-L-I. Irresistible grace. This teaching, to me, chokes out soul winning. Why should I, why should I go somewhere and maybe talk to someone and it be difficult and it be uncomfortable and maybe get embarrassed and the person would be embarrassed? Why do any of that? If what the Calvinists teach is true, that it's irresistible grace, that once you're, it's like click, 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 and there, click, there's your number. And God just zap. And there's nothing that person can do about it. They want to get saved. They got to get saved. It's going to happen right now. See, if you believe that, it does away with so winning. It does away with personal evangelism. Why should I try to win anybody if God just going to zap them? I mean, if he's going to zap them, why should I even go talk to someone? Irresistible grace, which there are people that they say, you know, I'm a, I'm a three-point Calvinist. Meaning, they agree with three points. Or there are other people who say, I'm a five-point, I'm a four-point, I'm a two-point. I've heard people say, well, I'm a one-point Calvinist. I'm a zero-point Calvinist, as they teach it. I just am. 
I think they've missed it on every, every mark. Every one of the things that they're pointing out, I think they've missed it. Yeah, but you're not as smart as a lot of them. I know that. But if God can speak through a donkey in the Old Testament, hey, God can get through to me too. Don't imply anything there or add to anything on that. Don't be doing that. I know a preacher, you can't find his church. They have no sign. You can't find the building. And when it, well, the long and short of it is, as far as he's concerned, none of that really matters because God's going to zap them. I'm just kind of here. Then in case God does zap them, they'll have a place to enjoy after they've been zapped. I'm just, I'm here. Let's see what the Bible says about this. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jesus, looking at Jerusalem from the, uh, from the garden, says, from the Mount of Olives, says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets, how often I would have gathered thy children together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. That don't sound real irresistible to me. It sounds like they resisted. Does it? This was God beckoning to them. And they resisted. These same people that have this idea that, oh, God just going to zap them. I don't have to do nothing. We're after the elect, brother. You know, I am too. And their name is whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. That's who I'm after. That's who I'm after. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. You do always resist the Holy Spirit. Wow. It sounds like they had the ability to resist. The grace of God is offered you through salvation, and you are never forced. Never. John chapter 5, verse 43. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. Is what Jesus said. Now, the fifth one. T-U-L-I-P. Perseverance of the saints. I reject this in how they teach this because they believe it's perseverance of the saints in regards to your salvation. I don't believe that. And how many times in testimony services down through the years, well, brother, it's hard and you don't know what I'm going through, but I'm... I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. See, the idea is if they persevere real, real hard, and they really persevere, really persevere, and really persevere, and really persevere, and the word's mentioned one time in all the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, 
And Paul is talking about the perseverance of a person's walk for God. That yeah, there's going to be times that it's going to be some days going to be more difficult than others, and you just keep right on walking. But he's not talking about for salvation. If perseverance right, when Noah got finished with the ark, he would have took eight big spikes and went to the outside of the ark, and he would have went bang, bang. There's mine. And he would have went over here a little bit further. Bang, bang. There's my wife's. And then bang, bang. There's Ham's. Bang, there's Ham's wife. Bang, bang. There's Sham's. Bang, bang. There's Sham's wife. Bang, there's Japheth. Bang, bang. There's Japheth's wife. Okay, family. Here are eight nails. All the animals are on board. Now let's go out here on the south side of the ark and let's hang on. <laughs> We're going to hang on. We're going to hang on till the end. No, God said, get on the boat. Get on the boat. God's saying the same thing today. Get on the boat. Preacher, I just can't be saved. I don't know if I can be good enough. God's saying, get on the boat. Preacher, I don't know if I can hold on. Get on the boat. I don't know if I can hold out faithful to the end. God says, get on the boat. It's less about you than you think. It's all about him. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. God's able to keep us afloat if we'll get on the boat. Put a tune with that, and there you got a song. <laughs> Preserve. Preserved. Preserver. Those words in the Bible were mentioned 57 times. Peaches in the jar. What's them jars called? Don't they have a name on the side of them? Huh? Mason. Mason fruit jar. Yeah. You don't, you don't crack open one of them and taste that peach. Mmm. That peach, that, it, it, it really persevered. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. You say, mmm, that's been preserved. Yeah. Mark Shell, who literally, if I had a picture of him, he looks like Ichabod Crane. If I put up, I, he does, he does. Not this one. Not, this one looks like Cabbage Patch Kid, but uh, <laughs> there was... My dad, Jackie, and then his dad, Warren, my grandpa, and then my uh, great-grandpa, Pearlie. His middle name was Gates. Wouldn't that have been cool? <laughs> and then his dad was Mark Shell, and then after that was Calvin Shell, who was in the Civil War. But Mark Shell, as a little kid, 
uh, grandma said she'd heard stories about him um, that he, I guess, would tell on himself and other people would tell about him. But uh, so they were sitting, eating at the dinner table and, and the uh, hen had had her chicks and had them in a little box and the mom would look down and go, well, I'll be another chick has died. And then they'd eat and look down again. What, what is going on? Another chick's dead. Well, what Mark was doing, he was reaching when nobody else was looking and pinching their heads and killing them. <laughs> and Grandma said somebody, I think Mark's mom, had canned a whole bunch of cherries, and he went in there and unloosened every one of them. What in the world? They named me after this guy. <laughs> Preserved. God does that work. Listen to this. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude 1, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. 2 Timothy 4.18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. I want you to go in your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles, hopefully you did, go in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. I've said 22, but let's just go down to 23. Romans 8, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Our body will be redeemed. Our body will be redeemed at the rapture. The word adoption, it's not the word you think it is. The word in the Greek is major, meaning right now we're all minors. That's why the Bible calls us little children. Over and over we see this. But at the rapture of the church, we will experience the redemption of our body. Look in 829. For whom God did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Were they predestinated to go to hell? No. Or they predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's Son. And we're not in the image of God's Son yet. But in eternity, thank God, we will be. God never predestined anyone to go to hell. Don't let anybody tell you different. God didn't predestinate anybody to go to hell. So, preacher, you don't believe in predestination. Yes. I believe in predestination of a calling, just as the Bible puts forth. Look in Romans 8, verse 30. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also, what's the next word? Called. Them he called. God called Noah. God called Abraham. God called the nation of Israel. See, the Calvinists take a lot of scriptures from Romans 9, 10, and 11. And let me just tell you this, and you may never heard of this before. All three of those chapters have to deal primarily and are given to the nation of Israel. Every one of them starts out that way. But this scripture is given to Israel. This is for Israel. And of those three chapters, particularly in, in uh, Romans chapter 10, God gave the whole world four verses within, those chap within that chapter. And we know them four verses as that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. And in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One more scripture and I'm done. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Did God predestinate that Jeremiah go to hell? Of course not. But God did predestinate a calling upon his life. For him to be a prophet. If you're here this morning, and I don't know the reason why, why people say no to Jesus, but I know they do. I see it all the time. When God has nothing but good and nothing but heaven, think of this. Even the youngest person here, if time permits and the rapture would not happen, Within 50, 60, 75 years, every one of us will be out into eternity. And you know what I think about that? I have assurance that I'm ready for heaven. Not because I've worked real hard. Not because I've done a lot of good things. Because I trusted in what Jesus Christ did at the cross. And because I did that, God said... I will not impute sin anymore to Mark. He's trusted what Jesus Christ did at the cross. Hallelujah. For a million years, I'll be able to shout because I've trusted in Jesus Christ for my salvation. Your sins are somewhere. Either you'll face God loaded down with your own sins or you'll face God with not a sin upon you because you've let Jesus deal with that. You've believed what he did for us all. And you've grabbed a hold of that. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, so thankful. So thankful for the assurance 
of your holy word that you give us. So thankful for the assurance of the Holy Spirit that speaks and beckons me and draws me and pulls me toward you. Thankful for that. And Lord, I know that right now, this day, that there are people that's here in a crowd this size that they're not ready for heaven, and they know that. I don't know the issues that block people, but I know some people are hesitant. But Lord, I know what you do. You knock upon that door. And it's up to each and every one of us because that handle's on the inside for us to open that door and Jesus will come in and he'll have fellowship with us. Thank God. Thank God. Whosoever will. From the lowest to the highest. From the king or president to a person that's on skid row. It don't matter. It's that person that cries out, said, oh God, I know I've sinned and I know I've broken your heart and I ask you to forgive me. I know Jesus died on the cross. I know he rose again. And he did that for whosoever. That means me. And I receive that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please keep your head bowed just for one moment here. If you're here today, would you be honest with yourself? Be honest with God. Be honest with me. If you're here this morning and you would say, Preacher, if for some chance, God forbid, but if today would be my final day on this earth, I don't know if I'd be ready for heaven. Could you lift your hand high enough for me to see that hand? Hold it up there. Thank you. Anybody else? There are hands. I thank you for that. I'm not one to try to get someone to do something against their own will. And I'm not one to try to manipulate people. But I do know the Holy Spirit, thank God, He's big enough to do the work. If you're here this morning, I'd sure like to pray with you, and I know others would too. On this first verse, if, that, if you raised your hand and you would like to be able to leave here today knowing that your sins are forgiven and you've received that salvation to your own self because God gave that gift to you as well as he did to Billy Graham. I want you to come forward and we'll pray with you. On this very first verse as they begin to sing, we ask you to come forward. Come on. Come on. Come on.
up to everybody, anybody that needs a prayer, I want you to come forward. Now listen to me. For those that raised their hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, you knew you should. Maybe it was just too difficult, and I understand that, for you to come forward by yourself. But as other people are coming up here and praying, that breaks the ice and helps make it easier for you to respond. So on this second verse, as people respond for whatever their prayer need is, we ask you, if you raised your hand and you want salvation to be yours today, come right on today as everybody else does as well. Come on as we sing.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.